0: tuned times in our lives and um, um, really our response is to speak, continue to speak to us for here I am Um, just want to share with you uh, a few thoughts from Psalm 63 as we continue Psalm 63 and uh, the title of my little devotion tonight is Lessons in Spiritual Drought Lessons in Spiritual Drought Uh, a few weeks ago I had A large chunk of land being hydro seeded with grass seed and I know before you tell me it probably is the worst time to plant grass seed Uh, it was really hot there was no water and this uh, psalm here David mentions he's in a place with no water and so anyways I was scrambling to try and get water on this grass and I was uh, quite a long time at it and uh, Um, I just got thinking, you know, what what does the word say about water? And, uh, you know, because you got seven hours to water the lawn, you you can do quite a bit of things with that seven hours, however, you're kind of tied to the water hose as you kind (laughs) of lift it up every now and again, so I couldn't do too much. So I thought to myself, where is it mentioned water in the Bible in Psalm 63? I just thought, you know, this is mentioning the word water, and and it talks about uh, spiritual drought, I believe, and... My Thompson Chain Reference Bible entitles this psalm, Joy in the Fellowship of God. Joy in the Fellowship of God. And I think one of the hardest things to um, to do in spiritual drought is to enjoy the fellowship of God. And so uh, there's lessons here that I took out of this chapter, out of this book here, that I'll share with you tonight. Just in um, reference to the—we'll just read the chapter here, I guess— and, In verse 1, it says, O God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. And my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips when i remember you on my bed i meditate on you in the night watches because you have been my help therefore in the shadow of your wings i will rejoice my soul follows close behind you your right hand upholds me but those who seek my life to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth they shall fall by the sword they shall be a portion for jackals that the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone who swears by him shall glory, but the mouth of those who speak lies shall be stopped. And so in this chapter here, I picked out a few verses that may represent no joy in the fellowship of God. It's just the opposite of verse three. He finds that loving kindness, his loving God's loving kindness is better than life. Well, maybe if there's no joy in our fellowship with God, that there's no appreciation of his loving kindness in verse 5 it speaks about praising him when was the last time we just broke out in song individually you know with ourselves and god and, and not in a congregational setting but just individually in verse 5 verse 7 says that he had joy in reflecting on past fellowship experiences with god and so as you remember that the past times this was those times of deliverance, those times of his presence that touched you in a very special way. Uh, When was the last time you had joy on reflecting on these? In verse 5, back up to 5, it says that you're satisfied with God, satisfied in his person, satisfied with who he is. Verse 4, it speaks about worship. Maybe if there's no worship, we have no joy in the fellowship of God, a bowing down to his purpose, his will, his way. In verse 4, just took those things as what David discovered. Uh, afresh, uh, In the wilderness here, he's uh, a king, but he finds himself on the run. He finds himself in the wilderness where there indeed is physically no water, and yet um, he speaks about this, I think, as a spiritual experience as well, where there could be drought in his life. God's first preoccupation is with our soul. Uh, physically, he, he cares about that too, of course, he does, but the outward man perishes, and the inward man is renewed day by day. and We have to sense this renewal in these times of of, uh, drought. And um, so God is very, very concerned and very um, interested in our souls throughout this chapter here. We're gonna get to the lessons in a minute. I only have 15 minutes, so don't worry, I won't go over. He's very interested in our souls. Verse one, it says, my soul thirsts for you. He creates a thirst in us. If we're a believer here tonight, uh, the New Testament says that he has created a new man in us, and that new man thirsts for God. And so he creates an appetite for himself uh, in our souls, and that's special. In verse 5, it says that my soul shall be satisfied. And so in this drought, where there's really nothing around for David to really uh, feast in, he, he experiences extreme satisfaction of fullness in his god as remembers the power and the glory of god not seeing it in front of him he's a king on the run he's a king fleeing for his life he's not seeing this but in a spiritual way he's touched with the power and glory of god and then in verse 8 it says my soul follows close behind you your right hand upholds me this speaks to me of attraction my soul still follows close behind you i think in times of drought um, we may not uh, be attracted so much uh, as, to, as to who the Lord is to us in our lives. Um, we may have temptations to leave following the Lord, but here David is impressed so much. He's not distracted by his, the drought conditions around him. He, he finds his attraction still in the God who cares and loves for him and is able to satisfy his soul, and that's really the victory here is the satisfaction of his soul. And so some of the lessons here I have for us, lessons in spiritual drought, it says in verse one, he says, oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek for you. Early will I seek for you. I think that in times of spiritual drought, that's the last thing we wanna do. It seems for me anyways. I mean, I just sense that, what, really? The Word of God is going to be like water to my soul and water me. Um, I just want to kind of, I don't believe in that somehow. I don't, uh, the faith is weak at that point. It's its really at these times of drought and uh, starvation that I, I really don't want to go early to something that will feed me. Uh, maybe there's, I don't know, it's a real challenge to my faith. Um, you know, and that that, sen- that sense that God will speak to us through his word, sometimes I wanna delay that, but he sees, He says here early, that's the word shakar, which means diligence and eagerness and earnestness. It implies impatience. So you become impatient with that condition of spiritual drought in your life. And you don't wait, you go. It's a persistent desire to the point of annoyance or intrusion. As soon as that spiritual drought, they say that physically, as soon as you start to feel thirsty, while well, you're already down a few a few milliliters of water, it's too late by then. By the time you feel thirsty, so spiritually as well, it's almost like as if we if we sense that spiritual drought happening, we go early to God, early again, early again, to the point of intrusion, to the point of annoyance. Almost, that's what it means here. Early, it's the breaking of the dawn as well, early in the day. It doesn't have to be early in the day, but I just uh, try to get across this idea that we don't delay. We go early to God to satisfy our soul. We know that uh, when when drought happens in our our lawns, et cetera, et cetera, it gives good chance for weeds to grow. And so we wanna keep that that ground watered. The second lesson that I learned here is that David was very used to being in the sanctuary and he learned great lessons from God in the sanctuary. But here he is in the wilderness. So what does he do? He looks in the sanctuary, he says in verse two, so I have looked for you in the sanctuary. He was in the wilderness. So what does he do? He brings a sanctuary to the wilderness. And we we can, I mean, the sanctuary is anywhere where we entreat God. It can be in the middle of a bush. It can be in the middle of the hike. It can be at the most difficult time that you're experiencing in your life, but we set up a sanctuary for God he brought the sanctuary to where he was presently in that drought and he looked for God in the drought and so he found what did he find he found in verse 3 that his loving kindness in that drought was better than life itself and, and life I think sometimes we know this from many experiences that that the joys of life are, are fast, they're fleeting, they're temporary, and even those joys won't so totally fulfill your soul and satisfy you. We've, come to, we've read of people who come to the peak of their careers in, in sports and athletics and only define it as a big letdown. And, and you hear about that, but, but this, this is what, what he experiences, is this loving kindness from God is better than life itself. And so even though it's drought life, uh he he finds loving kindness in god and then verse four he finds commitment to worship isn't it the hardest thing to worship in time of drought but i think it's really important that we learn to be satisfied in the periods of drought learn to worship in the periods of of drought in verse four while i live it is here in the wilderness that we are satisfied Um, and then verse six trust him for the you you've recognized the past experiences you've had with god he's only going to to do that again and again he's going to deliver you again and again he's going to meet you where you are again and again and in verse six we're to trust him with our future and he promises to protect us as we go forward um the last thing i'd like to uh leave with you is in verse 10 it says that they shall fall by the sword so these are the enemies that um david was fleeing the enemies of his soul put him in the wilderness and i think sometimes that we we read the the instance there where uh the lord jesus told peter that you know he was privy to a conversation that happened regarding peter's soul and he says you know what peter satan has desired to have you to sift you as we and um, we may not know the enemies behind us to drive us into these droughts Uh, spiritually there's a battle that goes on and sometimes maybe it's our own choice that we 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 put ourselves in those situations where there is drought but but um david here um, he he knows where the enemy's uh future condition lies Um, they're going to fall by the sword in verse 10 so he doesn't let the enemies uh discourage him Um, the enemies have been behind the scenes driving him into the wilderness but He doesn't cling on to that he he commits those bad experiences those those enemy attacks to the lord those difficulties that are around him and he commits it to the lord and in verse 11 he says but the king shall rejoice in god and he experiences joy in the fellowship with god and uh you know he he knew what led to these this wilderness experience here the drought that he was going through sometimes we don't know we certainly sense it don't we um but the the admonition is is that uh, the lessons that we can learn is that early we'll go to him early we will seek him don't don't wait uh for the the drought to further persist and then to to bring the sanctuary the very presence of God into the drought with you and then thirdly just commit all these the 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 enemies or the circumstance that led to you being in drought maybe you don't know but you're gonna commit it to the Lord and you're just gonna give it to him when you can't figure it out. And you're gonna just trust him and look for him and he will satisfy you. He will give you joy uh, in his fellowship in the midst of this drought. So he's created us to thirst after him. He will satisfy us and he will continue to create the conditions by which our soul will follow close behind him as we continue on in fellowship with him. So I just leave these with you, um, lessons in spiritual drought.